Okay, do you need break or anything, or should we just keep on blowing past nap time? Glug glug. <sighs> this will be my nap. <laughs> sort of a commercial <laughs> slurp. <laughs> All right. Don't say I didn't warn you. <gasps> ah. It's been six days, eight hours, 12 minutes since we knew who Cameron was. Instead, we have someone else. It's Think Outside the Box Set, the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nat Hunt, and joining me is a, a new person no one's ever heard of that to be a new guest host. And they're about mm -hmm. to speak. Ha, 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 hi. And I'm trying to gauge if they're going to do a bit or just completely shut me down. <laughs> it's Dustin again. Hey. Hello. Second week in a row. Second Thanks week for in a having row. me back. It's a now. twofer. Thanks for joining us again. Um, this is a little bit, uh, probably sounds better than the last episode because we're not Does recording it live. Does it not sound good, the last one? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not very good at making a single mic sound good for two people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at some of the audio stuff. Um, so we're actually recording from across the river from each other. Um, so, hi. How's it, go how's it going in that different state that you live in? Well, down in Oregon here, uh -huh. things are a little different than you might recognize. <laughs> Oregon is truly a land of contrasts. <laughs> it surely is. Yes. <laughs> From east to west, north to south. <laughs> yep. Um, tell me about Brian McKnight, Dustin, please, if you would. Brian McKnight. Okay, so believe this was um, the first time I spent my own personal money and purchased an album for myself. Mm -hmm. Didn't really know what music was. I think we maybe touched on this a little bit in the last mm -hmm. episode about how I didn't know what music was for a long time and grew up kind of just listening to like weird local Christian radio and things like that. Um, so, and what didn't really even, you know, listen to the radio too much. So mm -hmm. I don't even know how I came across things. I did actually for a while do this thing where mm -hmm. I would have a um, cassette deck and like uh -huh. listen to the radio and then like be ready and poise and like oh, hit record yeah, when obviously. the song was, which I think a lot of yeah. us did that, right? I recorded a Radiohead so you, song off of the of the radio that way back when they got oh like any God. airplay. <laughs> That's so cool. I yeah. think this is one of the things that, uh, so back at one would be the song I think that, I think got some radio time probably. Totally. Yeah, so I, th I know that I liked that one. Um, yeah, I mentioned before that I think Space Jam was a big influence on my kind of early music listening habits mm -hmm. and tastes. Um, <clears throat> but this is one that's, that uh, I really liked, too. So the two albums I bought at Best Buy, I think, one fateful day. One was <laughs> Brian McKnight's Back at One, mm -hmm. and the other one was whatever the album was. It was a Macy Gray album. That, okay. Oh. I, uh, what was it? I wonder if It's the if one with the really with... famous song. Uh... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of what it is, though. Macy McGray. Macy Gray. <laughs> I try to say goodbye. Fire. On How Life yeah. Is, 1999, and the song is I Try. Yeah, I, like, I do. I actually still kind of like that song. 
it's, but, it, uh, she might be fun yeah. to to um, cover at some point on this show. Unfortunately, she said, I'm pretty sure she said some absolutely like batshit bigoted things pretty recently. Oh no, she Macy did the bad Gray. thing. Ah uh, uh, yes, I believe she uh, was very transphobic in public. Cool. Uh, oh, she hung yeah. out with Piers Morgan. Famous mm. British Nazi, Piers Morgan. That's oh, great. brother. Awesome. You gotta love it. Well, I, I don't have to stay on that. That's yeah. fine. Um, so, this is interesting. What radio station were you listening to? I don't know. You I don't, don't know? know what I was listening to. <laughs> the reason I have no I, idea. Be, okay. Yeah, why do you ask? The reason I bring this up is because, to my understanding... Lots of young people our age, um, well, people our age when they were young, before we got middle-aged, um, grew up listening, in the Pacific Northwest, grew up listening to what I like to call stupid white boy music, like mm, mm. Uh, Puddle of Mud, or okay. uh, Buck stained. Cherry, or Stained, or, um, I mean, for me, I was, I was a little bit classier. I was, like, I was more like into Creed, or Third Eye Blind. Creed. Creed. Um, <laughs> and the first two CDs you bought were both from black artists. Um, they're both like, are they both kind of R&B? I mean, the one Macy Gray song I know is I kind of R&B-ish. R&B like uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about her catalog to say, but prob- I think she's kind of in the area. How do you think you ended up getting into that kind of music from the very get-go? I'm not really sure. I mean, I had some neighbors who listened to Puff Daddy and Will Smith um, and kind of characters like that. Black Street was another oh uh, one of their albums I got really into for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, there was R. Kelly was involved. It was so think, confusing yeah. for me that there was Backstreet Boys and Black Street. I was so I resentful. That <laughs> took not a lot of time to sort out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't really know. Yeah, it's a little surprising to me that those ended up being some of my, like, first musical influences or, you know, I guess musical artists that I, like, spent my own money on and was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is what I'm into. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm happy about that now. I I think it's quite pretty good taste compared to the alternatives you mentioned before. (laughs) Yep, totally. I mean, I think you, you choosing this album as your first album I won't make a joke, a tasteless joke about any of that kind of dynamic, but you wanted Brian McKnight to be your first. And that's a good choice because, spoiler alert, this album fucking honks. Yeah, it's very sexy. He is very sexy, I think. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We were gushing about the cover of the album uh, last week at the end of the the episode. I don't think I cut that part out. Big muscular arm and just, yeah, just cool as hell. Beautiful, like, blue guitar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reference to, um, ah, fuck. Is that um, Pound? There's something, there's some poet who's, like, changed upon a blue guitar. Oh. Uh, Picasso. A blue... The Blue Guitar Man. Yeah, Blue Guitar Guy. Uh, (laughs) Wallace Stevens. Oh, okay. That's who it was. Uh, And here's it's on IZ quotes here. They said, (sighs) you have a blue guitar. You do not play things as they are. The man replied, things as they are are changed upon a blue guitar. I'm sure 
that it sounds a lot less stupid in context. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something about jazz in there, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what that is, but... Yeah. Yeah. Turns out um, he was one of those, like, uh, weird old white guys who think that they play the blues. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Zoot, no. <laughs> yes. Um, so this came out in 1999, released by Motown Records. Um, were, were you like, you must have like listened to this album a bunch when you were young, right? You know, well, there was really only two or three songs on this listen through that I was immediately like, oh yeah, I really remember this song a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that this is one of those albums that I really just focused on a couple songs. Gotcha. Back at One, certainly. Like, mm-hmm. I loved Back at One and still appreciate it a lot. Such so a I think I would... fucking song. Yeah, there's another one or two that are significantly awesome, I think. Um, yeah, but less, Space Jam was a little more, like, I listened to almost every song on, on it, but this was, uh, yeah... It's a bit there's a few stars. better of a basketball album if you want to be like shooting hoops. You don't want to put on the so. slow dance ballads. <laughs> there's quite a few ballads on this Brian McKnight album, yeah. yeah. Um, how many school dances did you go to that featured the song Back at One? Because it's pretty much the ultimate like middle school slow dance song. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, the Monica one from from Space Jam was in there, mm-hmm. and then this is one that I definitely would have heard of that. Yeah, I, it's, slow dances were... Not necessarily my thing when I was at that age. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. Real Casanova. It's you. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my big was... boxy suit thing, probably. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll be by the chips. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be dancing with uh, the Lays Corporation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so this album, it was not as successful as I thought it would be. Um, it's it was triple platinum, um, but for some reason I think of this single as being like a massive song. I mean, it has like I thought so too. I thought I thought it had like two hundred and seventy million plays on Spotify, something like that. Mm-hmm. It was just huge. Um, yeah, let's see. Is there any? Wow, it was certified gold. The um, single was. Is that more or less than platinum? I thought it was less. It's half of platinum. It's 500,000 copies. Mm. I hope he got a lot of really good royalties from, like, the amount it was played on everywhere. Although, I don't think it would be a good soundtrack song. What makes you say that? Um, I think it's a little too slow, and it's a little too... um, it's a little too structured. It's a little too yeah, clever. Like, you that, have to kind of like follow all the words. It's like a yeah. You have to follow all the words. It's a bunch of numbers and like they yeah. all mean something to him. <laughs> yeah, that might yeah. be a lot for a movie. Words are numbers, according to this guy, Brian. Um, <laughs> one hundred and eighty-five million plays on Spotify, by the way. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, yeah. So well. I think it would draw too much attention to itself in like a soundtrack. Maybe as like a closing credits song. It could be good. Um, yeah. But it's such a killer song. Um, and he was a songwriter and the producer, so hopefully he's getting most of the royalties. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that he was a songwriter on, I think all of these or almost all of these on this album. 
Yeah, he's listed as the first on all of them and the first producer on all of them. Hmm. Yeah. And do you have a pre-existing relationship with um, the victim? <laughs> the victim. Brian McKnight. <laughs> Bri, Bri. Um, a little bit. I had, I had known this song back at one. Um, I had heard it on the radio. Um, I There was, like, a short time in which I listened to the pop radio in time to hear, like, some Brandy, some Brian McKnight, mm. um, mm-hmm. some Destiny's Child, like... That brief window of time, probably around 99, 2000, before I, like, renounced pop radio and only listened to the shitty rock station in Eugene. Nice. Um, or the other shitty rock station in Eugene. Um, <laughs> I had my choice of two, so it was great. Hard to decide, yeah. I know, right? I had my favorite, though. Uh, New Rock, KNRQ. I wonder if that Ooh, what was the number. Uh, they kept changing it. Uh, oh, 97.9, I think, was the one I knew it as. Hmm. Now it's 103.7. Yeah. That's way up there. It's way up there. Um, anyhow, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 Brian McKnight. Oh, so I listened to, like, some pop, and this is one of them. And I didn't go to any dances, but I still feel like I heard this played at, like, parties or something. Or maybe it was, like... Maybe it was, like, played at prom when I finally went to prom in, like, 2007. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or before graduating from college. <laughs> yeah, two years before graduating from college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is, like, the ultimate prom song. May, I mean, may, the way this could work on a soundtrack is if it's being played at a prom scene. I was gonna say there maybe go. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's probably oh, somewhere. Yeah, it's got to be on so many TV shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So such a it's such a cool song, and it's the catchiest fucking song ever made. It's incredible. Yeah. Like to this day, I haven't heard it in years, and it still gets like caught in my head sometimes. Oh, it's stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if it's like having the counting and that like structure to the words um like makes it more catchy do you think Mm. i mean it definitely kind of like makes you want to hear it out what the chorus is you know cliffhanger so you're like what we're at two now and you're like oh okay where's it gonna go from here oh three i didn't see that coming yeah yeah thought it was gonna (laughs) count start start counting backwards from now (laughs) yeah yeah um, let's see. I don't think it didn't seem like there was a ton to talk about in terms of Brian McKnight's career. Um, his brother had a band called Take Six that signed with Warner Brothers in 1990, um, hmm. and that encouraged him to start sending his demo tapes out. And when he was 19, he signed a record deal, and his first album was released in 1992. Okay, and um, I did listen to. There's one. There's one bop on that album that was very popular that I listened to it in preparation for this, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that a little bit, too. That first, uh, that first album? No, 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 just like one song on that 92 album. Oh, The Way Love Goes? Probably. Whatever's the most popular song. I think it's like a top five on Spotify. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think... I probably was not aware of it. Although, maybe I n- knew of it and didn't even know that I knew it. Um... What use is that? <laughs> yeah. Is it One Last Cry? That's probably it. Hmm. I wanna, I'm going to take a quick little listen. Yeah. 
my best to you. Nothing for me to do. Really loud piano, yep. Oh, I can't hear it at all. Pipes. Why is it not being here? <laughs> okay, well, it's like twice as loud as this. I love it. <laughs> I am good at all of this stuff. Real good. Um, I wonder if I'll cut that out. We'll see. Probably not. Um, yeah, so that that was, uh, I guess that was fairly popular. Um, he has been nominated for 16 Grammy Awards. Oh, my God. He has not really? won a single one. Oh, that stinks. Um, I think... Oh. The person who has um, been nominated the most, let's see, um, the record of most Grammy nominations without a win. It says he is third only to Zubin Mehta and Snoop Dogg. So is Snoop Dogg the most nominated person who's never won? Has he never won? Snoop Dogg That's most surprising to me here, too. Grammy. I didn't think there was anything Snoop Dogg hadn't won. Yeah. Huh. Uh, according to thethings.com, uh-huh. Snoop Dogg, he holds the record for most nominations without a win with 16. But that's what they said about Brian Knight was 16. Who even knows these days, right? Yeah, I don't care um, too much about this. I re- no, I gotta go deep. It's definitely not right, um, right. weird and boring for me to like hyper focus like that on these <laughs> these weird little things. And I definitely didn't have to spend a bunch of time cutting stupid bullshit that I was doing out of the last episode. So totally uh, out of character. Yeah, I would never do something boring on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to just l- l- hop into the songs, or anything else you want to pretend? Um, to do? The only thing I'd say uh, just about like the career thing is that I, I did accidentally listen to the most recent album he released which is like uh, maybe 2020 uh-huh. and it kind of kicks ass yeah it's real there's a couple songs on it that are legitimately like very cool uh-huh. and it made me kind of um Exodus, i don't know it maybe that's what it's called yeah 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 and yeah he looks very distinguished and he's kind of gone oh, gray does, yeah. but he's still just sexy as hell he has a song called so sexy hot. that's so good mm-hmm. and it's great. So I actually um, kind of appreciated this Back at One album a little bit more, even after seeing ah, that he's uh-huh. still still at it and still like kind of evolving, you know, a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. There's some different soundscapes in there. But anyway, I really enjoy listening to that, too. So maybe we could talk Ooh. about that again later a tiny bit. That could be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, makes me want to go check it out because, like, I'm very curious if he like to what extent he kept up with changing fashions and music and or like got stuck in this time period because this is like so emblematic of but also like so defining of that like late 90s like r&b sound um yes absolutely yeah like we, we definitely heard a lot of that on like space jam and stuff um yeah cool all right well let's listen to last dance why not First song, last dance. I love those like little um I think it's 
an electric piano and maybe like a Rhodes or something. But like, yeah, yeah, that's yep. so cool. I don't know if that's um, technically what's the word counterpoint, but it sounds hella cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and the um, the chorus effect that he did uh, during that that last part of the clip you played, where he's just like um, duplicating like unison, um, yeah, not not harmony, just he's sing like kind of just duplicating his own voice, and one of them set a little bit to the side. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Like it gives it a very nice chorusy effect, and reminded me a little bit of like how some of Elliot Smith's uh, recordings, he did a lot of that. Mm. Just duplic- singing the same thing, but like on different tracks. So there's like a little bit of variance just naturally in the way mm-hmm. that you sing. And I, I, yeah, it's pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's such a cool sound. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's famous as like a singer and performer, but he's pretty amazing producer and like songwriter too like the fact that he is the main producer of this album and it sounds this good is like pretty incredible like totally especially totally. in the and 90s I feel yeah, like production yeah. must have been like way harder in the 90s than it is now yeah you have to you have to imagine but the, the, you know this song is very restrained I think too mm-hmm. like overall it's very sparse and there's mm-hmm. like only a couple little things happening and it's very just fo- you know featuring the vocal part I think and um, yeah I found it very tasteful as a start for now yeah absolutely let's see how, how do I phrase this my thoughts about like the lyrics it's um it's it's very good like vague pop writing Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like s- perfectly calibrated for, again, like the slow dance. Like, you don't have to have specific storytelling or, um, like, uh, necessarily, like, clever lyrics or complicated or lyrics that, like, make you think or make you feel. They, there has to be something there, but it's mostly there for the audience to, like, sort of project onto and like dance with their partner or the person they're attracted to or just some stranger and be like, you know, oh yes, this is like an experience I've had or I'm having right now. Um, Yeah, totally agree. And I think that it's, I I could imagine if you were to ask for like advice on lyric writing, I could imagine Brian McKnight would probably just say, don't overthink it. (laughs) Because I don't think he overthinks it, but like he puts, you know, I, I think that, some of these songs are better written than others, I think, for sure, as far as the lyrics. But overall, like you said, it's like he kind of creates this just generic sort of backdrops that you can kind of project some things onto and fill in the gaps and does mm-hmm. just enough to kind of evoke the feeling. And they're, they're like theme songs, sort of, in a way. Yeah, they kind of are. Yeah. Um, and it's such like a like well-crafted example. One thing Cameron's been talking about a lot lately Um especially as we're talking about the chicks is the difference between like art arts and crafts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cameron, the great divide (laughs) done a little bit of a Billy Madison and Cameron's gone back to kindergarten and they're spending a lot of time in like arts and crafts classes and coming home with Elmer's glue, like all over their hair. It's a big, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, how do you do fellow kids? Um, I've never seen that movie. Uh, (laughs) though I did see happy Gilmore several times when I was younger. Um, oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Was it? Oh yeah. So like, art and craft, and um, I don't know if they ever like specifically defined those terms and what they meant to them. Um, 
But I think the idea is like craft is something it takes a lot of like skill to put together and like a lot of critical judgment and whatnot that is a lot more functional, whereas art is like can involve um, similar levels of skill. Uh, art can involve a lot of craft, but it's more of like the function of it is less about it's designed to do something and more like I'm creating this for its own sake. So, um, yeah. Yeah. To like some degree, let's see. I'm trying to think of like uh, a lot of what ICP does is art, or at least is intended to be, because it is not. It is not like yes, we are trying to release a club banger that is going to get played at dance clubs all over the country, and it's going to be like right. popping off, and people are going to be like dancing and stuff. We are no. They are like we're going to construct this elaborate mythology and um, create. A community slash maybe not really a cult, but also like yeah. very close. Yeah. To, yeah, it's like this like odd, like super close a subculture. Anyway. Yeah, subculture. Yeah. yeah, like single handedly based around just them. Um, so yeah, that's like it's not designed to do something. It's like no, we're gonna like make this whole weird mythology instead. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this is, like, such a great example of craft in songwriting. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I think that I tend to, like, relate to that conversation about, you know, art versus craft and all that. And Like, yeah, it, it's hard for me to, like, define art and talk that way. But for me, I think of it in terms of, like, inspiration. And I almost think, like, is this inspired? Does it feel inspired? Mm-hmm. And that's a really generic word, too. But um, there are some songs, I will say, like, on this album that I feel like are very inspired and you're like oh wow they like really yeah brian really did something cool there and then others that you're like there's a little bit of you know what you call craft maybe or Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like this is just sort of like a functional song that has Mm -hmm. verses and chords and it has this like you can just kind of put this on when you're at a when you're at a dance or something but it's not necessarily like yeah art or like inspired or, or something like that so yeah i agree totally and like with any binary it is inherently reduction, reductive, um, sure. and in that sense, very inaccurate. And it's very difficult to talk about binary things without privileging one or the, over the other. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I would just like we should and make clear that like taste and everything. Yeah, yeah. That like I don't think that art is superior to craft. Um, I think both of them have a great place in human lives. Like, um, like going to like someone who does pottery and makes like a really cool bowl but it's functional like that's craft like that's still amazing and can make you happy every time you use it even if it's not quote unquote art you know right right Um, right it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah exactly yeah um yeah so let's see now i just keep rolling with stay yeah let's go to stay great let's stay with it I'm really glad that you captured that descending bass because I had that noted that I really wanted to do that. Mm, yeah, totally. That's so cool. There's so many little touches like that that are like 
they're um, like tastefully extravagant. Yeah, they're like yeah, no, definitely absolutely. like not necessary, and but somehow I don't know if it's like the production or the way it's integrated or this or like the way like in terms of like musically how the song is constructed. They could be like way over the top, but they sound so good. I love it. I I think of it as just kind of kooky. There's some kooky stuff in here, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of them. And you know, really, this whole song I thought. Um, in a really amusing ma- way, it reminded me of, uh, like, in church. <laughs> I feel like I just constantly bring up church because, like, the fundamentals of Yeah, you're a big religious guy. Yeah, took yeah, place yeah. The, you you want to convert all our listeners. Day. Oh, Dustin's yeah, not sorry yeah, that he yeah. tricked you. <laughs> Where's my cross? I'm going to take it down. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, no, like, the keyboard of, like, just kind of lame older people in church playing these like mm. really sort of cheesy cheap keyboards that kind of sound it's kind of it's kind of in this do, do you, do you yeah. see that at all uh-huh. i think it was pretty cheesy totally some of the keyboard yeah there's definitely like a lot of um like 90s and early 2000s pop that got like absorbed by churches and like ccm and stuff Including a lot of like well, really cheesy keyboard stuff, and I wondered if it even like dovetails into the conversation about like is this gospel? What does that mean? Like, is, does that is there like a church connection there? A little bit of 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 I don't know if that soundscape is like related or not. But the this song especially having um, two different keyboards is all of the yeah. sounds. Like, is, there's mm-hmm. the bass is a keyboard, and then also like the melody is another kind of keyboard. Mm-hmm. It's just like it stacks in the funniest way to me now. That's a great point, actually. Yeah, I, th- I should have thought of that. That's a great point to point out. Um, like gospel music, because um, since I think the the advent of like pop recorded music, there has been. If maybe not quite that early, but stretching back very far, there has been the kind of like dichotomy of gospel music and like secular gospel music, which is usually called like soul or R and B or mm. um, what have you. Um, and there's like so much crossover and so much like influencing and all this stuff. Um, and I wonder if they've diverged more as like R and B has become more influenced by things like trap music and and whatnot. Um, I, I'm not really like keeping up with the current sounds of almost anything. I'm old <laughs> now, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like gospel. In fact, there's like a straight up gospel song on this album that we'll get to. Yes, but it's very yeah. religious. Yeah. Could I um, request that you play one little clip from this that I find especially amusing? Sure. It's I think. Uh, two minutes 45 seconds until like right around three it's just a, a very funny elaborate vocal flair uh kind of improvisation sounding thing that yes. brian does I was not able to hear that for whatever reason. I oh, do no, I don't really? know why. Yeah. Ah, that's such a bummer. <laughs> I can't figure it out. He just does a lot of like kind of fluttering around. These uh-huh. like really he goes really high and like kind of flutters the melody around in a in gotcha. a way that's Yeah, very, maybe a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um 
He's apparently known for his melismas, according to Wikipedia. So, what is that word? That's the like kind of sliding around between like notes and stuff. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. He's definitely doing that throughout this album, and that that's a great example of it. <laughs> great! It's such a great example. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about that? Oh, it's a little bit more specific than the first song. Um, there's like a couple specific things that seem potentially autobiographical, or maybe just like a fictionalized story, but like he says, um, it's been too long since last I saw your face. You've been keeping it tight and everything appears to be in its proper place. Now that's how you talk to someone you're sexually interested in. All of your things seem to be like not falling out all over the wrong places or anything. Pretty tidy. Pretty tidy. (laughs) We laughed about back in 94 reminiscent. I'm hoping for a little old time's sake. Can you stay? Can you stay? Um, One bit of context that probably is important. I think that I read this on Wikipedia at some point that this album was written partially. I think Brian McKnight like ended up getting into a relationship with someone he wasn't married to while he was married to a different person. Uh, and I think that that's that's like um, I think that's important to know actually. Just like through listening to this, because I feel mm-hmm. like there is a lot of this stuff is very personal, and I would even argue some of these songs are like. He's writing them for himself. <laughs> like, he's kind of telling himself things about uh-huh. his life and his relationships and, like, ways he oh. needs to behave and stuff. Um, that's interesting. I think that's an important part of this album. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Okay. Um, speaking of that kind of thing, um, DJ Khaled Void voice. Fuck. DJ Khaled voice. Huh? Played yourself. cool sound that like those like the drums are mixed like super high so like the rhythm the drums and bass are like really high um yeah the rest of it's like kind of minimalist but then there's like this floating like synth like um they're like drone notes uh just like floating over the top of the chorus that are like i don't know if i don't know if they're actually dissonant but they're they they like really emphasize like minor like tonality to me i don't know are you talking about the really high ones yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, that little flourish. I I wish we would have talked about this before so we could try to pull up another clip of it, but it sounds exactly like this little flourish that was in a song in one of the Donkey Kong levels. <laughs> I think Donkey Kong 6, maybe the Super Nintendo, one of those ones where it's like, it sounds so much like a Donkey Kong sound. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought. Maybe Brian McKnight is uh, maybe he's a little, little plagiarist over there. Big game <laughs> gamer head. <laughs> I also thought that the first, like, 30 seconds of the song um, sounded like No Scrubs a bit. Oh. I mean, I guess we should listen to that a bit. Probably should. It's kind of similar. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's quite. Yeah, I'd have to hear it again, but it, it reminded me of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. So what? Let's see. The lyrics of this song. Um. All you do is tell me lies. 
Can't you see I'm not surprised that you think that I'm a fool? Hey, because you think that no one sees and you think you're playing me. I just think that you're confused. You're playing you, baby. And then the chorus is, you didn't think I would catch you and you didn't know how I knew. You didn't think your girl would tell on you. You played yourself that way. Um, yeah, and this is one that I thought was um, by McKnight for McKnight. <laughs> British McKnight. I felt like he was trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, what did, what did you think about the lyrics overall and how that plays? Well, I didn't know that like autobiographical detail. <laughs> um, I still don't I think quite know what's going on in this song. I I almost feel like it's sort of just like an angry song. I think I think he's kind of being angry and saying like like I, I don't know, like I'm not sure if it is like someone cheated on somebody. I'm not totally sure. It's actually yeah. a little bit confusing to me because I'm not looking at the lyrics right now, but I remember thinking like I'm not totally sure what's being said here, but it feels like there's like kind of some anger behind this and he's like expressing it feels like one of those like like an empower, like a self-empowering kind of yeah. song to write, mm-hmm. or like a journal almost. Yeah, it's really unclear why he thinks this person played themselves, because yeah. I can't really quite figure out why that. So, verse two, I think, is probably the thing that like would have the most detail to help us understand what the hell's going on. She was your best friend in your eyes, but she told me the flip side. Guess she wanted in my life. If you would have seen her plan, you would have known I was the man that she desired to have. You were too blind to see. So... So she's talking to the other guy. Is that right? I guess so. So this... Yeah. I mean, to be heteronormative and whatnot, we can, I think we can assume this is meant to be a girl well, who is probably seeing two right, right, dudes. Right, right, right. And right. she tells, I guess, confesses to Brian McKnight and says she wants to stay with him. Um, and then, and then he's like, ha ha to this other guy and big laugh, big laugh. Um, but it's also like, in what sense? I don't know. You didn't think that I would catch you. So is like, is it, is the girl in the relationship with Brian and then cheats on him with this other guy and then confesses to Brian and Brian's reaction is, oh, that guy played himself. Like that, what, I don't, that doesn't make any sense, does it? I, yeah, I, I can't really untangle even what it means to play oneself. Is that like you do something and then you get caught and you're like trying to play some kind of a game and then it backfires? Is that like what playing yourself is? I think so. I think even more broadly, at least now that it's become kind of a meme, I think it just means like you fucked up in a way that like hurt yourself. Um... You right, like whiffed, right. got in over your head, or something. yeah. You like scored an own good. goal or something. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It feels very different to me than uh, like a lot of the other songs. I mean, I feel like that that energy of like the kind of revengey telling somebody off, kind of like laying down the law and being like, y- you fucked yourself. Dude. You know what I mean? That yeah. whole thing. Like, I don't really see a lot of it elsewhere in mm-hmm. the album necessarily compared to like the last dance, for example. Right. Um, it's very like, a lot of, there's a lot of feelings. Yeah. It's, it's very like aggressive, um, in a way like I don't really understand. So yeah. Yeah. Um, how about we go on to Back at One, the big one. Yay, yes. the big back one. I know that I'm free. 
fucking awesome song <laughs> it's very it's very good you know and I thought um, the one thing I did not remember about this song at all is that the first like 30 seconds or something is just mm-hmm. like a weird Christmas song and then it turns into yep. this song do you know what I mean yeah I, I totally do um, I I'm sure they cut that out of like the radio version they must I bet have, right? they did because it, yeah. it was like very unfamiliar to us. Like, this really how this song starts? Yeah. No way. So let's let's take a quick listen. <laughs> really laying the groundwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to like start the song that way. I don't. I don't. So loungy, that. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is maybe the song that. Well, it has it has very intricate lyrics, which is not something you usually find in a successful pop song. Mm. Um, like what do you mean? The end of the first verse is. Then let me show you now that I'm for real. If all things in time, time will reveal. So he says time twice in a row. I think it's this like, is a Wallace Stevens poem, actually. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> Completely. Um, it's undeniable that we should be together. It's unbelievable how he used to say that I'd fall never. That's a bit forced. The basis is you need to know if you don't know just how I feel. Then let me show you that I'm for real. If all things in time, time will reveal. And then he starts just Sounds counting. Sounds like sings it. Yeah, it really does. And then he turns into the, the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, he only ever gets up to five. Now, do you think there's, a, there's any reason for that? Can you hear my watch beeping right now? Is there, any, is there now? any beeping for that? I hear a beeping. <laughs> It'll stop really it. soon, I promise. <laughs> at, you at can't turn it off. Sharper. What time is it? 7 o'clock? It's 7 o'clock sharp. It, is it rings uh, It's 7.02, actually. <laughs> you can thank Shane Moritz for this. It's over now. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> um, Good beeps. Oh, the counting. You were saying something yeah. about the counting. Yeah, why five? Why not keep going? You could count for the rest of the song. I think you gotta draw the line somewhere with that. (laughs) (laughs) Five was big in pop music around the time, you know? Mambo number five. Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy. There's probably others. Eve six is one more than five. Uh, Double down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Take five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Yeah. Just lots of numbers. Matchbox 20, four times five. That's how they got their name. <laughs> so what do you think of this song? Like, does this, how does this strike you, the melody of this song? It sounds like you enjoy it. It's such a good melody. It, like, it's so catchy and so earwormy. And the way it, like, the way it, like, moves from the, cho- the verse to the chorus is, like, so cool and so compelling. 
I can't even really like describe. I mean, I'm sure if I knew anything about music theory, there's maybe something I could figure out as to why that, you know, I feel that, but it's so cool. I love it. Yeah, and uh, okay, one of my favorite things about this song that again I kind of forgot about <clears throat> is that it has to me the absolute epitome of what a bridge is supposed to be. So I oh. this is how I define a bridge. Uh-huh. Okay, so a bridge is this. A bridge is a series of surprises leading to a key change. Every bridge uh-huh. must be that exactly. Uh-huh. And this one is like exactly that in the most satisfying way I can imagine. Ooh. It starts at 255 if you want to try to Okay. Let it let it roll. I hope you can hear it though. Let I hate roll. that you can't hear these things. No, I can't hear it. <laughs> but we'll do it anyway. As long as I get to hear it. Yep. Where's it going? Feel like mm. a little child with life has just begun. You came and breathed new life into this lonely. Oh, it's getting close to turning it around. You threw out the lifeline just in the nick of time. <laughs> Alright, that's good, that's good. I, yeah, every step of the way, I feel like he... Okay, there's a few songs on this album that he does this. The bridges are... He does very good bridges, and they're like, I don't know where you're going. Like, oh, that's a weird note. And like, oh, where are you going with that? And then like just like flourishes in this big crescendo and then slips into the key change. Like, that's a bridge. Mm, I love it. Totally. He hits such a high note there, too. He's singing bonkers oh, high. Yeah. And he's not... Kind of Mariah Carey-like, yeah. sort of like just hitting the highest note you can. I love it. It doesn't... Is it falsetto? Does it sound like falsetto yeah, to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah? For sure. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, just that, just the highest one. Though. He can sing very high with his you know, chest voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the bridge yeah, has like... Think... No, go ahead. No. No, I will not. No, no you must. <laughs> you. No, you. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. well, I was just going to say that I think that... This song resolves on a third key, a key that is different from either the the original or that secondary key. I think it resolves into like just one. The final note is like, what is that? It's like Uh, a whole different one. Interesting. Could you play like the last like six or seven seconds of the song? Okay. Maybe, maybe 10. Maybe 10. Uh, I think the last like 20 seconds are like a fade out. out. Maybe I'll do it a little (laughs) bit further back. (laughs) No context needed. It's so quiet. Okay, I'm going further back. (laughs) Okay. Oh my. There's such a long (laughs) fade out. Just the first chorus. Okay. Oh, sorry. It was just super quiet. (laughs) That's what was happening. We got a long way to go. I just messed up the, the, the sound, the sound level for it. Okay, so it was on me. My bad. Yeah, that's it. That big slide up. It totally does. That's so interesting. I'd, I'd have to do a side by side. Actually, yeah, this would be good. For I wonder if Cameron would be interested in coming now. on as a guest and doing a little uh, music theory corner. <laughs> Guess on ask your him own show. <laughs> Invited to your own show. <laughs> what an honor. Um, <laughs> so the bridge, speaking of bridge, um, has some very elaborate lyrics. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I don't even know what they are. Say Tell farewell me. to the dark of night. I see the coming of the sun. I feel like a little child whose life has just begun. You came and breathed new life into this lonely heart of mine. You threw out the lifeline just in the nick of time. There's a lot of imagery. There's a little kid. Uh, he's getting resuscitated after being pulled out of the ocean, I guess, um, as the sun is coming up, I think is, is what's happening there. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. It's a very dramatic image. And it all... T- typically, when an artist is using a bunch of different, let's say, well-trodden imagery, uh, well-used, yeah. cliche would be a more pejorative word, maybe. Typically, when an artist is just like stringing those together, there's no possible way for it to work on like a literal level. But here it actually mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. You, this can all like work together, you know? Um, the lifeline, yeah. Um, it's also just like so overly dramatic. <laughs> it really is. It's just very dramatic, and yeah, yeah. He he really ups the ante with that bridge and just finishes strong. Mm-hmm. I think it's God. It'd be fun to see that live. Oh I my would love god, to see that song live. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. I would do it. Uh, we haven't talked about the chorus yet. One, you're like a dream come true. Two, yep. just want to be with you. Three, okay. girl, it's plain to see that you're the only one for me. And here's the best four, one. Four, repeat steps one through three. One, you're like a dream come true. Two, wait, no, just don't actually do that though. <laughs> it's re- it's a recursive. It's an it. infinite loop though, because every time you get to four, ends. you go back to one again. You know, you need some <laughs> sort of like iterator or like you know something. Some like some. Uh, you need a break statement in your in your loop. Um, and then uh, five, make you fall in love with me. If I ever believe my work is done, then I start back at one. So there's another infinite loop in there. But that's a conditional. So that one's a bit, a bit okay. Or maybe, hopefully, okay. Well, and I think now that this, this reminds me of like a notion that I used to think about maybe more like when I was really young before I had relations. But I feel like I've heard that concept of like... You should like always be like falling in love anew with your with your partner, which uh, yeah sounds sounds like a lot. I don't know if that actually works out in in the way he describes it, but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a powerful sentiment, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of lovely. What does the counting do for it though? I don't. You know, I'm so I'm so mixed on the counting and the way I yeah. feel about it because it, it is the more you listen to it, that's the thing that ages the most, or that you're like, all right, it gets tiresome. Yes, if absolutely. you listen to this song like a bunch of times in a row, but like the it's first time, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. So it's, it's kind of fun the first one or two times, and then um, it can get a bit stale. But it, the the odd thing about the gimmick is that it's like not really tied into anything it's not really used for anything it's just like yeah i'm gonna be counting i mean i guess i guess the whole reason for it is like to support the like repetitive nature and like how much he keeps wanting to go back to one or back at one um so in that sense like there seems to be a lot of meaning for him for that but it's like i i Maybe maybe I should like watch the music video and see if is he like holding up his fingers while he's like counting or like maybe there's like a little bit more fleshing it out. But it's just like it it feels very arbitrary, um, in a way like children's nursery rhymes can be just like arbitrary. Where it's like there's this device that doesn't really relate to anything else. It's just kind of thrown in there 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a filler, kind of a filler like for- format way to write something, I guess. But yeah, he made it made it work here, and I think it's kind of kind of cute. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic song. Um, yeah, and it's even good in Espanol. Thank you, thank you. This is on the album. Yep. Well, this is... Okay, do you know enough Spanish to... I should, maybe I should pause it as he's going through that. So he says, Comienzo sueño así, I think. So I begin dreaming like this. Maybe I'll go back a little bit. Oh, I can't go back. Wow. <laughs> this app is... Oh, back at one, come on. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, here we go. But yeah. <laughs> I start dreaming this way. You're together with me. Uh, and girl, you already see that uh, it's very similar to the English. Girl, okay. you already yeah. see that um, I'm the one for you or something like that. Um, How does the accent sound? His pronunciation is like pretty good. It's. Do you think he speaks Spanish or is like obviously I be not? Surprised. I wonder. No, I, it doesn't sound like someone who is just like doing it phonetically. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, he's from Buffalo, New York. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if like he picked up Spanish in Buffalo, New York, or like what. But um, yeah, it sounds pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, Ooh, I got mm-hmm. a question. Yes. W- why did he do this? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I also have the same question. Um, <laughs> like, is this something that other albums were doing at the time, or does he like? Is his wife, like, speak Spanish? Or, like, I feel like there has to be a reason for this, because you don't see it very often. There's definitely... The artist um, actually does it. Yeah, there's definitely, like... Um, sorry, I'm trying to see if I can find the... Un, dos, tres. Um, see if maybe, like, the lyrics are somewhere. Um, uh, I think there's, like, some precedent for people, like, recording their pop songs in other languages. Um... But I think it's typically more like, I think it's almost like more often the other way, where it's like um, someone who's like, like a primarily Spanish-speaking person mm-hmm. would be like, I'm going to make like an English version of this song. Like, oh, who am I thinking of? ABBA Some did that did a that. few times, but they were primarily uh, English from the get-go. I think they had a Spanish version of one of their songs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cool. I know it's it does happen sometimes, um, but I, I, I don't think it's super common at least not anymore i don't know if it's more common maybe actually maybe it was because of the there was a huge huge um like uh burst in popularity for what did they call it latin pop around this time do you remember the latin grammys uh, their slogan was separate but equal uh, but not really equal <laughs> if you know what we mean wink wink uh, <laughs> that was their slogan yeah <laughs> all that <laughs> um, so I, I kind of separate yes absolutely yeah. and <laughs> such a weird like arbitrary like bizarre thing um, 
Yeah. Let's see. Tres niña, ya lo ves que soy tuyo ahora. Okay. You already see that I am yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y después repito el uno, dos, tres. Oh, he doesn't go past three in Spanish. He, he only goes up to four tres. Five on this. Okay. He goes hmm. directly into y después repito el uno, dos, tres, which just means like, and later, or then, I repeat one, two, three. Uh, yes, with all my love for you. And when the count has gotten to the end, I return now to begin. Yeah. He doesn't even say back to no. one. He says, vuelvo entonces a empezar. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess that's why it had a different name, too. Wasn't it just one, two, three or something? Um, I mean... Is it still the, called back at the, one? It's called back at one dash Spanish undos tres. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I think I just thought of the, the the funniest answer to the question of why he made this. Mm -hmm. is, is if it was a pure marketing play. Like, we're seeing that there's a lot of people listening to Spanish language music. And, like, let's just double down in our big song. Let's just do it all in Spanish as well. Like, just a pure <laughs> marketing move. I, mean, I hope it's honestly, not that, but it could be. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, it's also really funny because it's not mentioned on the... Wikipedia page for this song at all. Hmm. There's apparently a version where McKnight sang it with a Brazilian singer named Ibete Sangalo, but that oh. would presumably be in Portuguese, um, mm. not Spanish. Uh, mm. Yeah. Oh, an English yeah, Brazilian Portuguese was... version is what they say. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that would be a good reason if he was like doing a, doing a big tour in Latin mm -hmm. America or something like that's that would a great make a lot point. Of sense. Yeah. I would imagine that this could be very popular. This like his album in uh, Latin, Amer Latin America. Um, I mean, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was not on the original like pressing of the album. I think it's okay. it's on um, Spotify. I think it was included sometimes as a bonus track, um, okay, or maybe okay. we like showed up on some of the like singles that this was released under. Um, but yeah, it's so interesting. I wish there were like a Wikipedia article about like pop singers releasing music in other languages and why why they do it yeah 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 no it, it's an interesting topic but i'm yeah it's cool that he did it on this yeah um should i stay or should i go do you okay think? this is maybe my favorite song okay i'll say that yeah love the clash Speaking of the Clash, my spouse's dad opened for the Clash way back in the day, which is oh pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. pretty badass. Yeah, mm. um, probably back in their like very reggae days. Um, yeah, because he plays reggae. He's been on the show actually on one of the Bob Marley that's episodes. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, um, Carlos Jones, yeah. cool, cool guy. Um, yeah, I wonder if playing oneself meant something or having played somebody meant something different back in the late 90s because now if it's yeah, like i played you too, right? it's like i tricked you um basically right mm, i think so yeah um so yeah it shows up in in the intro here um mm. 
What's up, girl? Oh, right. He does like kind of a vocal, yeah, like a talk over mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Uh, what's up, girl? I need to talk to you for a minute. I can't keep playing myself like this. There's only one thing I want to know. Should I stay or should I go? So that, that is literally the, the phrase from the Clash song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, mm. Which is partially in Spanish. It's all connected. Whoa, the Illuminati. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Uh, what makes this your favorite, maybe favorite song? I think you said. I think that the 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 especially the verse melody is just. I think it's just perfect. It's so beautiful and so simple. And like I was thinking of this, like for people who have like tried to write songs, um, mm-hmm. especially if it doesn't come super naturally to you. Sometimes it happens where like for me as a songwriter, the times that I've done songwriting, coming up with like a coherent, simple melody that just sounds really good and is like hooky is was really 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 hard and occasionally i did like a couple times would fall into it and it just like feels like slipping into a warm bath and you're like that melody is just awesome it's like it was there the whole time Mm -hmm. and you just had to like uncover it in this way Mm -hmm. this song kind of feels like that to me where it's just like oh it's just perfect it's just like silky smooth everything one place leads naturally to the next place and it feels like Inevitable, but it like has this recursive. It's just like inevitable just yet feeling. surprising. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, tough to pull yeah. off. Yeah, and also okay. So this, I don't think this will work, but this is something I did. Listen to this song, starting at, at the end, the ending kind of whole segment of when it just starts repeating this kind of chorus, and like starting at like three thirty. You can literally, like, just... I, I did this probably 20 times. Just try to sing it in a round. Because it's so much fun to try to do. And it's the okay. coolest, like, way to end the song. All right. So you say 3.30? 3.30, I think, is where it starts. Okay. Right there. Yeah, that is super fun. It's great. I like that. He does it a little <laughs> bit, like, in the song, he does it a little bit towards the end, but I wish I could just hear, like, him singing a full round of it, like, two beats after. Yeah. And it's just, like, awesome. Totally. It's such a funny, it's, like, a really interesting melody to do that with, and I think it sounds great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like that. Um, the song itself, lyrically, is kind of shitty, uh, or at least the, like, way it postures is pretty shitty. Um I haven't even paid attention to it. Tell me. Oh, really? Says. Do you? Um, I usually pull up the lyrics on a genius, but um, yeah. So um, it's very slut shamey, and it's very um, acting very entitled to the affections and exclusivity of this person. Um, verse one mm-hmm. is: mm-hmm. It's not my fault that you made yourself a regretful past, but all I know is it makes me look bad. Not a great way to start a verse. Brian, I do not like this. 
don't don't be saying these things please don't (laughs) but when i'm holding your hand and you see old friends you knew and they walk away laughing calling me a fool uh maybe don't listen to those assholes dude um yeah that that's not great that's not great that's pretty rough uh, I want to make it clear that I like the, the, the melodies and the sound is what I like about this song yes. not necessarily those messages yeah. Yeah. Dustin's completely on board with the lyrics he thinks they're great uh, he, he, I think you called them red pilled earlier um, rules for life is what I would call this song <laughs> if it was <laughs> yeah um and then the pre-chorus is, Now, baby, I can't change the things you did before we met, even though I didn't know you, but it's hard for me to trust you, even though, girl, I love you, so tell me what am I to do? Um, and then he gets questioning. He's like, don't know if we will last, and if we do last, can I erase the past? Girl, can you tell me? I don't know. Should I stay or let it go? Yeah. Don't know if we're meant to be, and if we should be, can you live faithfully? Girl, can you tell me? I don't know. Should I stay or let it go? Um, not... Hey, would you like to enter into a mutually monogamous relationship? Hey, would you like to establish exclusivity? Are you interested in that? No, I am entitled to it, and I am demanding that you, quote-unquote, live faithfully. (laughs) I I mean, it's 1999, and, like, the, I don't know, the, like, heteronormativity. Such an innocent time. Such an innocent time. (laughs) Pre-9-11. Uh, mm-hmm. Before 9-11 disrupted all of our thoughts about monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> this changes yeah. everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the lyrics are just, like, pretty rough. I did not appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, anything else about this song? Or should we keep it rolling? No, this is a long album. We have like a, a lot more songs. I don't yeah, even think we can do all these songs. 13. And we shouldn't, actually. But we should do this next one. 6, 8, 12. Great. I can't believe I'm acting like this. No, it's crazy. How I still can feel your kiss. It's been six months, eight days, 12 hours since you went there's more numbers the numbers are back the numerology is getting stronger in this mm-hmm. album it's kind of like fibonacci's numbers like it goes one two three four five six eight twelve like it's not you know linear like the uh-huh. the spacing is not uh consistent in that way just like the fibonacci <laughs> sequence um, sounds like you know a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> this is way off topic, but Dustin and I like to listen to a show called Your Kickstarter Sucks, YKS. And they, they um, will sometimes feature uh, Kickstarter. They'll like play the Kickstarter videos. And in one of them, uh, there is this guy who, who, who the fuck knows what he was talking about. But he kept talking about the, Fibon- the Fibonacci numbers. Fibonacci. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty great. Italian um, gentleman. No yes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no problem, I imagine. <laughs> it's been six months, eight days, 12 hours since you went away. Yeah. I miss you so much and I don't know what to say. Should be over you. I should know better, but it's just not the case. It's been six months, eight days, 12 hours since you went away. Yep. So, it's another. <laughs> yep. It's <Done>. like. <laughs> this one's like not even a gimmick either. It's just like. 
I mean, the title's a little gimmicky because it's 6, 8, 12. And they don't tell you what it is. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't define. And it's track <laughs> Creating six, a little mystery. Um, hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's not really a gimmick. It's just like... I don't know. It's I mean, they're all multiples of two. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe like a good icebreaker question he's introducing here. So if you ever need to like find something to say to somebody, say, well, what has it been six months, eight days, five hours since you did? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to I'm going to plug this into a search engine and figure out what exact time that is um, today. Oh, yeah, minus six, six months, months. Tw- eight days, eight days, 12 hours, 12 hours. OK, date Get calculator. OK, you're going to have to. OK. Add, let's see, subtract, six months. Oh, weeks and days. Okay, I'll just do eight, six months, eight days, and then I'll manually do 12 hours. That should be easy enough to do. Um, calculate new date. So that was Thursday, February 17th, 2022. February 17th, and then February it'll be 7 17th, in the morning. 7.30 in the morning. Um, I'm sure this is going to be hilarious. have a hilarious payoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's already happened. <laughs> so that was a Thursday. Uh, I was probably still snoozing. It's been that that long yeah. since one of those I... one of those late late <laughs> rising mornings from that. <laughs> uh, I can't even think of a joke. Even nothing happened. Nothing happened on that day for me. February. I'm looking at my calendar. It's just empty. It's completely crystal empty. Crystal empty. Um, let's see. I had started seeing my therapist maybe five weeks before, according four weeks before, according to my calendar, and I had a class five section. Weeks, eight, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was singing that song uh, six months, eight days, and twelve hours ago, as I was waking up. <laughs> it's been four weeks, one day, and. Uh, oh no! Uh, <laughs> nine hours, apart. I think. <laughs> the story's falling apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's all song, I got. Yeah. Nah, I have nothing more for yeah. that song. The next one, the only thing I wrote on it was, well, I said it's pretty awful, and then I said it sounds a little bit like a thrice song. Okay. Oh, actually, one thing I was going to say when we were just listening to that sand sample, I should have said it right after. Um, but something that shows up in this album and shows up in like some nineties R and B is like, um, acoustic guitars with those piezo pickups. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. 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 In, in so many settings is like the worst sound ever. They sound so bad, but sometimes in like highly processed music, like R and B, I think the one Cameron is always citing is like, um, certain kinds of like Latin music will have like a nylon string guitar with like a piezo yeah. pickup. Um, it works really well in this context. Like something about he it. He starts using it pretty heavily about halfway through the album. Yeah. It, it actually shows up a lot from here on out. Yeah. Maybe I'll play the sound sample again and we can point it out when it comes up. I can't believe I'm acting like this. No, it's yeah. crazy. That guitar yeah. sound that's playing right now. Yeah. Can feel your kiss. It's been 
Yeah, all of those guitar sounds are piezo pickups. Um, and probably on a nylon string guitar, actually, is what it sounded like to me. It sounds pretty smooth. Yeah. yeah. Smooth jazz. All right, mm-hmm. so let's move on to the one that sounds like a thrice song. More numbers. <laughs> I wonder why I said that. Tell me if you can think of the thing I instantly thought I don't of. Know once why I said that. <laughs> t- tell me, can you guess what I instantly thought of once once that chorus started? Oh, oh, I'm not sure. Instantly, it sounds really obvious to you. What what was it? The real Slim Shady. Oh, that like um like okay, it's like a synth like harpsichord or something. That oh, like very specific the instrumentation. Sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh boy, he's he brought the Slim Shady in to play his harpsichord with him. Ah, yeah, that's a suspicious sound drop. I, <laughs> there, I think, yeah, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of kooky sounds in in the atmosphere he's creating in this song. Mm-hmm. I don't it's know why it sounds like a thrice song. I don't know yeah. what that means. To me, it sounds more like someone trying to capitalize on uh, the popularity of Latin pop. Yeah, there's a little bit of scrubs in there here too. Um, He's wearing scrubs. What else was I going to say? Oh, he uses... What is that called when um, the vocal effect of, like, syncing it to, like, be able to... Ch- modulating your voice. What is that like called? Like vibrato? Or, like, trilling? Not, no, not that. Like, like when you use a computer program to, oh, like... Oh, auto-tune? Auto-tune. He's auto-tuning yeah. in this song. Did you notice oh. that? I didn't... Maybe I noticed that a little bit. Was it in the sound table you we just listened to? I, no, no, I don't think it was. I actually do have a, a mark at one minute that I think that's where it had happened. So if you a couple seconds okay. there, maybe. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. Bup, 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 bup. okay. One minute. Here we go. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty early for auto-tune to be happening. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, I always thought early that the, um, the the like big breakout for auto-tune was um, Believe by Cher. What year was that? I want to say that was 99 or 2000. <laughs> so this is around then. Let's see. Oh, 1998. It... Okay. All right. Okay. So, so this okay. is really new then. Yeah. That's such a good song. I love that song. Okay, I I forgive it a lot then because um, that was really new then. I wonder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not the most um, like awful usage of auto tune either. Like it's it's fairly subtle compared to like to pain. It is, for instance. It is. Yeah. 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 It's it's quite tasteful. I think the way he like just flourishes it in a little bit. It's it's kind of nice and subtle. Mm Hmm. Lyrically, this is still, it's like another, like, sort of crafty song. Um, yeah, yeah. But There's also, it's like, there to me. this doesn't seem like a, a slow dance song that I would want to really dance to. I don't know. Um, no. <clears throat> do you want to talk about, sh- shall we begin or skip but, it? I, that one, I, yeah, the only thing I had was, I said, I said, verse one sounds like you're reading the script of a Woody Allen movie. Oh, well. But, but I don't think we need to, we don't need to go there. Does he talk about how hot high, high schools are? 
Not exactly, but kind of close. It was, yeah, there's some kind of weird dynamic about, like, a, a older man, like, giving wisdom to a woman or something. There's something oh, weird boy. like that where I was like, oh, yeah. I don't like this. Really. Maybe we can skip so that So that wasn't one. very good. But gothic, okay, let me tell you my comment, and I think that we should probably just listen to this whole thing. It's, like, less okay. than a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I said, it sounds like something that I would record and send to you and Zach. As a joke, yeah. As a joke. Yeah, me, that's exactly what I thought, too. Here we go. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? This is... I don't know what this is doing here. Yeah. Just wait till the vocals get. <laughs> oh, I just started playing Halo in the other window. Sorry, I should turn that <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> and also low. So funny. Um, what is that doing in this? I don't know. That? <laughs> it's like a skit, kind of. But kind like, of what skit. is it? Is it a bit? I, it's a skit bit. I guess it's a bit of a skit. Um, I, I mean, is it part of trying to be gospel in some like obtuse way or something? You're like, thinking of it's, gospel. It's gospel. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. Finally. <laughs> um, God, it's so funny. funny. It's just like, maybe, like, I feel like Gregorian chant had sort of a moment in the sun. Like, but I, I want to say that was like a couple years it later. It seemed like it was this. this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like the Halo soundtrack wasn't like until two years later. Um, yeah. It's, it's what precedent was there for this in a pop like album like this? I cannot think of anything. Funny. And to call it gothic interlude, which is apparently I'm yeah. on Spotify <laughs> and the Genius. It's just called gothic though, which is just gothic. Yeah. Even funnier. Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I wish I worked choice. in a coffee shop so I could play this. <laughs> just on loop over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> for hours. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't really have anything else to say about it. It just was shocking to me to hear. Yep. Absolutely. Um, there's four more songs. Do you want to talk about any of them or all of them or what? Um, let me see here. Okay. Well, uh, one is I said it's crap. The other one I said it's surprised by Spanish guitar. Uh, lonely I kind of liked. A okay. pretty strange collection of chords on the verse, oh, especially. Yeah. I said. Yeah, let's check out Let's Little Boys. Yeah. Yeah. To this place we've come to, how we used to be done. Memories of you, and could you be thinking about me right now? Are you lonely for me? Lonely for me? Shouldn't try to hide. It's not bad. I like that pretty like the chorus. I like the, the that pretty well. 
like how high like the way it goes like high like that um yeah so it's a fun yeah, song kind of kind of fun um <clears throat> i was uh okay so there's only two more things i really had to like say about this album or like parts of the remaining songs that i was interested in um oh well one of them is okay Cherish the next song. Mm-hmm. To me, it was clearly discarded parts from Back at One. Gotcha. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. It is almost but... the same melody. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. You should probably try to find a little spot. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, the song itself is about. Um, he's trying to describe uh, um, like a, a chaise long, and they're like, "Is it a chair?" And he's like, "Well, it's chair-ish." Um, Yay, I keep hooray. wanting to. I'm trying to say something stupider than the last thing. You think you'd have to let it be? Okay, I listen to this. Yep. It's the same. One, two. Yep. Three. <laughs> it totally is. It's like all the same chord. Like the verse melody, especially, is pretty much exactly yeah. the same. That's so <laughs> funny. Uh, I do like in the the background vocals in the in the chorus the da 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 da. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. Um, that's all. I just want to point that out. And then. Um, did you have anything else to say about that? No, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like maybe there are lyrics that seem like they were cut from back at one, but I don't know. It's there's some, oh there's some like kind of harsh imagery in here. It might be hard to conceive. You got to see the forest despite the trees before it all burns down. Not telling you nothing you don't know, but she'll let you have your fun. But when a woman's done, she's done. A woman's done, she's done. And then she'll go just when you're needing her the most. Uh, so definitely very feminist, empowering Aww. song. Yeah, talks about women oh, yeah. in very positive, universal ways. I did write by McKnight for McKnight on this song. <laughs> oh yes, because the chorus is cherish her love, show her she's right where she belongs, take care of her heart before she's gone. Cherish her love. Yeah, and that that sounds very uh, Virgin River to me. Too, that <laughs> <kind of> stuff. <laughs> totally. Um, I, I, I feel like, oh, I wanted to talk about home because that's the gospel song. That's the religious one. Oh, we got to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. The last song on the album. Here yeah. we go. Build my castle in the sand, but now I'm reaching out again and I'm not letting go. And um, so that is not necessarily as explicitly religious for maybe people who aren't as attuned to it as Dustin and I are. Um, but later on in the chorus, he does say, so why don't you shape me, make me, wash me wider than the snow? I got to find my way back home, which is an, a, uh, a metaphor that shows up in hymns and um, songs and stuff from religious music. It's probably from like a psalm or something. Did you hear? Uh, <clears throat> I think in the next verse, there's 
when he's listing off the things to do to him, he says, chastise me, baptize me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I love getting chastised um, by my daddy Don. Followed by uh, Sorry, God, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and verse, verse two. Master, upon my knees I pray. I just want to be the clay. Put your arms around me. Place my life in your hands. Lord, I know I'm just a man. I know you understand. This time I'm not letting go till you anoint me, appoint me. Um, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in this song that I am not positioned or equipped to but <laughs> fair enough i feel very weird about hearing a um black singer use the metaphor wash me whiter than the snow and then later calling god master yeah, i yeah it's just i mean i know that those are all you know directly descended from the colonizing um christian like people who um the Christians who uh, set up the like uh, transatlantic slave trade. Um, yeah. So like those are that's all just like imagery from these awful like racist sources from awful people, and I don't know like to what extent he's consciously like trying to appropriate it or redeem it or like reclaim it, or if it's just like he's kind of just repeating stuff that he's heard before, but. Yeah, I'm hoping it's the last one of those options. I so, hope so. Just kind of phoning it in with some like gospel-y sorts of things. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it. Yeah. Oh God, what it? I, I guess I'm like just generally pretty troubled by like Christian music, though. Sure, and well, and I think also it's just like almost every song in this album is like to or about um, love interests, and uh-huh. then like this is just saying me and you and he's like talking about god but it feels kind of like weird in, yeah. in, in this album romantic. So like, wait are you talking to like a romantic partner or are you talking about god and like why are you baptizing if uh, chastise yeah, i don't know it's i mean god's the yeah, ultimate dom i'm 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 gonna be the first to say it dustin god is daddy <laughs> And Daddy is here. <laughs> Here's Daddy. <laughs> it's Daddy. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. No. Well, another observation I had listening to that song was that it would be so easy for Brian McKnight to tour on this album by himself with just a keyboard. Yeah. It would be the easiest thing in the totally. world. And like that would be so cheap and awesome to do. He should be doing that. Yeah. That would be fantastic. I would love to see yeah. that. And th- yeah, I mean, it'd be great. Like, I've seen Destroyer do that, you know? Like, if Destroyer can do it, then Brian M- Goodnight can do it. <laughs> you can say that again, maybe. <laughs> and I don't have anything more to say. About <laughs> uh, still, I think a pretty fantastic album. Um, musically, very cool. Um, lyrically, some good craft songwriting, some pretty shitty, like, misogynistic stuff going on, too. Um, but overall, like, a pretty great album. It, it holds up better than I thought it would. Because I think because of um, Back at One having such a strong, like, gimmick in it, I yeah. sort of thought of it as, like, oh, that's that old cheesy song um, that I can't take seriously. Um, from like back in the day 
and I re-listened to it and I was like, wow, this is fantastic. It's such a cool song. Um, so it was nice to have it yeah, like kind of be redeemed a, that way. It's a winner. Did, well, did you, okay, did you hear, so the album I listened to also had a Mariah Carey song on it. Yes, that is a bonus track. Um, did you, I feel like it might be worth listening to just a, um, there's a part, I don't think the song is that good, but then at the end, it gets very good and their harmonies kick ass. Sure. It, if you can find it, yeah. it would be worth, I think, putting a little clip into because it's, Let's, they're a great dynamic it. duo. Yeah. It'd be at like three minutes or so. Okay. There we go. God, that is so impressive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That literally just gave me chills. <laughs> oh, she is like singing so That's fucking awesome. high with such a cool, like, warm tone. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so amazing. And he's doing really good kind of back vocals, and the harmonies are unusual. Like, that's that's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's, like, such a good example of the kind of thing that I would have been very disdainful of um, when I was a lot younger. A lot of that having to do with my parents being like kind of elitist and like not being exposed to a lot of pop music or R&B. And I would have just like rolled my eyes and be like, oh, it's so cheesy. But it's so fucking cool. And the like technique on display is so jaw dropping. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. That's another one that would be amazing to see live. Like that's those are two dynamos just going at it. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. (laughs) Totally. So apparently that is a song from Mariah Carey's album Butterfly. And that's why this is. okay. So this showed up on as a bonus track on Brian McKnight's album, but also showed up on a uh, Mariah Carey compilation called Number Ones that released in 1998. Oh, and, okay. ha- and this was called Whenever You Call Remix and had uh, Brian McKnight on to help her sing the song. So that's cool to like, get a little alternate version of that of that song. I like that. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Good way to finish it. Yeah. Off or ending it with a bang. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of ending with a bang, now is the time where I shoot Dustin. Pew, pew. Um, oh, good one. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um thanks for listening everyone we'll be back hopefully next week i don't know when cameron's getting back honestly i need to to ask them like what what's i they've they've told me multiple times i just like never put it down on my calendar i'm so dumb um (laughs) that's why nobody knows nobody knows it's a real schrodinger's cam situation um, but until that time, um, Cameron, do it. oh, uh, Cameron's Cameron back. Do here. Oh, you're back. Um, so good to have I'm, you back. I'm just here to tell one joke. Okay, lay it on us. And it's it's, it's a knock knock joke. Okay, knock knock. <laughs> but yeah, uh, hi. <laughs> that that's it. That was it. <laughs> what a good joke, Cameron. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for guesting on your own show. Jeez. Yep, gotta go. <laughs>
<laughs> I love hearing the kinds of jokes that like five year olds tell. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I didn't think about that previously already. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we call them baby cam, you know? Sometimes. Um, all right, until that time. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. You can support the show in a number of different ways. You can write reviews, uh, jam those star buttons. You can tell people about the show, spread the word. If you want to support us even more directly and you have love in your heart and a little, um, and a little greenbacks in your wallet, a little bit of cashola, some clams... Uh, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Kick us a few bucks. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, which includes a weekly mini-show, which is called What's in the Box Weekly. And this week, Dustin and I talked about a few things that I've already... I think I've forgotten them both. Oh, no, wait. I, I talked about a TV show called Only Murders in the Building, Season 2. And Dustin talked about... I talked about Novocaine. Oh, yes. The movie, not the drug. Um, yeah. Although we did both huff up a, a little bit of Novocaine before we started recording, but that's not that's not relevant. Neither uh, here nor there. Neither here nor there. Uh, you can also join the Discord. The link will be in the show notes. And even though they're not here, the other thing you can do is listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cool. And let me tell you, listeners, that is exactly what it is. Up. I mean, cool. Getting. Getting. <laughs> It's in. It's so in right now. <laughs> All right. Until the next time that an episode is released, which is, I think, should, hopefully next week. We'll see. But hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Nat Hunt, and I've got Elmer's glue in my hair. I'm Dustin Junkert, and I'm repeating steps one through three. <laughs> funny that he did un dos tres in spanish because that's not unprecedented like if you're having to count like on a beat but the numbers are so drawn out in that song he holds like un for like a... un. yeah you could very easily like slip another syllable in there brian <laughs> didn't have time didn't have time um, thanks for joining again, Dusty. This was fun. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Loved, got, got to do two in a row. Two in wow. a row. That's so Guys, great. Guys, wow. Guys, wow. Yeah. I think uh, not drinking whiskey helped me not be boring on this one, too, hopefully. God, I know. Well, the one we did, you know, two ago, I was like, oh, I listened back. I was the like, shags? Like, fucking, yeah. We were getting pretty tipsy on that one. <laughs> yeah. I try to hold back a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well. It's got a, such a different vibe, this show, when Dustin's mm. on. Really cut, <laughs> makes the whole show cut loose. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Tobias Nights. You gotta let your hair down. It's time to party. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. We got two 90s ones in there. That's yeah. good. We covered your first album. And I think yeah. this makes you by far the most, um, the guest with the most appearances. Oh, yeah, besides you too. Yeah. 
I can't think. Yeah, we're You've both had guests. You've had two on a few times. Yeah, right? yeah. Bono's such, <laughs> such a cool guy. The Edge doesn't talk much, but Bono's great. <laughs> the, they, 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 the way they count in Spanish is not um, un dos tres. It's uno, uno dos tres catorce, though. So that's they just have a little different dialect. So they, they speak the Dublin yeah. dialect of Spanish. That really was a barrier to me learning Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Use that song as a guide. <laughs> Yeah, you should have stuck with Brian McKnight, baby. 